Hi team, welcome back to Becoming a Doctor. I'm Kira, a third year medical student at the University of Birmingham. And I'm Lucy, a second year medical student at the University of Cambridge. Welcome back to our podcast series where we bring you honest insights about life as a medical student, discuss current affairs and talk to guests to inform and motivate you on your journey to becoming a doctor. Today's episode is the start of a highly requested three-part series all about preparing for medical school. In part one, we will cover what to do before you go. This will include finances, accommodation, any occupational health requirements, and what to do in the summer before you go. This is also something very useful for other prospective applicants, not just for offer holders, as it's really helpful for narrowing down your list of medical schools. And quickly, before we start, we just wanted to shout out Yasmin, Kobe and Ellen, who's commented on the blog post. We really appreciate your support and are so glad you're enjoying the podcast so far. So without further ado, shall we jump headfirst into the thrilling world of finances? Oh yes, let's. I can't wait. <laughs> I think for most students, finances is one of the things that plays on their mind a lot because I think pretty much everyone associates university with debt and being expensive and a challenge financially. But we want to stress right from the outset that finances shouldn't limit you going to university. Where there's a will, there's a way. There's lots of schemes available and it can sometimes take a bit of rooting around to find schemes that will help and support you but they are there so definitely look for them. Yeah I think the first thing to start with is that the UK government obviously offers student finance and so make sure you go onto the government website to check out what exactly you're entitled to but for a brief overview there's something called a tuition fee loan and that's money that you will never actually see you just sign up on the government website and that will pay the tuition fee of your course so currently for me going into my third year my course fee will be £9,250 and that will be paid directly to my university and so I do not need to worry about giving away £9,250 of my own money I just sign up for my tuition fee and then once I've left university and I reach the minimum payment threshold I'll start repaying that back as a, a percentage of my income above £24,000 and so you'll never actually see that money go. It, it does yeah it doesn't go into your personal bank account whereas the maintenance loan that will come on to does but this um, tuition loan it, you, it doesn't even go through you it goes straight from the government to the university you forget about it and it sorts itself out I haven't had a problem with that so far and you have to renew that every single year you're at university so I've just done it for the coming academic year and it's open now for you guys to apply as well you probably had lots of reminders from UCAS so don't ignore those emails they are really important and make sure you sign up so the other type of fee is the maintenance loan so that's maintenance meaning to maintain yourself at university so paying for your accommodation, paying for food. And unlike the tuition fee loan, the amount that you get is actually variable dependent on your household income. So it looks at your parents' income and how much they, the government will expect your parents to contribute towards your university studies. And then this will be supplemented by the maintenance loan from the government. And you will have to pay that loan back. So like your tuition fee loan, it's a loan and you will have to pay that back once you overcome the threshold for repayment and you can look at all those specific details on the government website yeah and the maintenance loan isn't something you have to um, apply for neither is the tuition fee loan to be honest so if you're absolutely minted by all means you might not need a loan but this is all dependent on everyone's individual financial circumstances some people don't need a maintenance loan either you've just got to work out what you want to apply for and what you need and 
go from there really and as we said loans equals you have to pay it back whereas these things called grants um, is money that you get and you don't have to pay it back so there's also something called a maintenance grant and as Lucy said maintenance means this is for your living costs however as it's a grant you don't need to pay it back but if you do get this maintenance grant it will reduce the amount of maintenance loan you can apply for as well and again this is not something that everyone will be will be able to have it's dependent on their household income and as as we've said earlier the government website is the best place to go and there's um, a grant calculator as well so it can calculate what you might be entitled to yeah and that's really useful for when you're creating your budget so Kira and I always suggest that before you go to university it's always a good idea just to have a look at what you're expecting to come into your bank account from either your parents or from the government through a maintenance loan um, just to help you plan what you're going to have in your bank account how much is going to leave because of paying for accommodation and then how much you have left to you know plan a holiday or you know eat <laughs> all those other things that are pretty essential at university I would say that expect your budget to be a work in progress for the first maybe couple of months at university because until you're there you don't fully know what's going to happen and how much things are going to really cost. I remember trying to anticipate how much money I'd spend on food and it was near impossible and I think it changes every month anyway for me now yeah but it's just make sure you've got maybe more than you think you're going to need and especially that first month we, we'll come on to this later on but it can get very expensive with all the freshers tickets and um lots of social events yeah that I, everything comes in bursts like christmas you have more social events it's end of summer so just try and work that into your budgets as well yeah that's a really good tip the other thing i wanted to mention is make sure to look on your specific university website because there are the grants that are offered by the government but there's also scholarships and bursaries that will be offered by your university specifically so from cambridge i know that you can get the cambridge bursary which is up to three thousand pounds that you'll never have to pay back and that's also done on your household income so um, the amount that you can get up to three thousand pounds is determined by what your parents earn but if you are eligible for that full three thousand pounds it can either supplement your maintenance loan or could completely replace it so i don't take out a maintenance loan because i'm eligible for the cambridge bursary which i will never have to pay back so that's something else to just consider I know a lot of other universities also offer scholarships, particularly for sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a look just before this episode at when kind of the deadlines are, because we're sure you're all a very talented bunch. <laughs> and for example, Bristol deadlines have closed for the coming year. So if you start in September, their scholarship applications have closed. But Birmingham, I looked, they have a second wave open up. So just regularly check in with them, even if you're not in year 13 now, but you're considering applying for a scholarship, absolutely keep an eye on the website. Often you'll have to be a part of the sporting teams. And I know some of my friends that are sporting scholars have a lot more commitment in terms of sporting events and they have regular check-ins with dietitian teams and everything like that. It's, you don't just get handed the money and off, off you go with it. You kind of, there is a programme, but I'm not the best person to advise on that. And if you're interested, definitely have a look on their websites. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is that you might get drawn into the trap of applying to a university because they've got amazing academic scholarships. You'll see something like, oh, the university will give all students that get three A stars a thousand pounds if you choose the university. Well, is that bribery? Is that allowed? <laughs> I have no idea. It is. Except there's a tiny little star, the most annoying little star on the end of that statement that says, 
apart from medical applicants because they know that our, yeah because our predicted grades requirements are so high we have to get those minimum entry requirements so they don't approve it so don't be drawn into academic scholarships because they're not necessarily applicable for medicine but that's not to say that there aren't other scholarships that you can apply to that are academic so there's not just scholarships from universities there's also scholarships from local companies so make sure to look on the websites of you know the scholarship searches that you can do on google to have a look see what you're eligible for get out there and get hunting and also i don't think this is mentioned very much but i guess because when you're looking at applying you're mainly thinking about first and second year just getting through those but obviously medicine is a, a five-year course at most places some some courses are six years but the nhs funds the tuition fees for the fifth year onwards so for me that because my course is only five years it would be my final year that I get funded for and you can also claim transport costs back as well whereas if you have a six-year course you'll get your fifth and sixth years funded as well so you won't have to pay tuition fees which can mean sometimes so if you do an integrated degree it's almost the equivalent of not paying for that tuition fee if that makes sense kind of on that note you don't really get well at Birmingham we don't get much funding for travel to our placements so in the, the third fourth and fifth years we're expected to get ourselves to and from placement with they do give us a small amount of money but it's nowhere near enough to cover the cost of transport so i guess this is something else to think about later on down the line yeah it's definitely one of those hidden costs that they don't necessarily tell you about that can also include something like a stethoscope or a lab coat if you have to get any of those before you go but make sure to check the university page before you go and buy anything mm -hmm. particularly textbooks there are also essay prizes you can do and you can get up to hundreds of pounds for writing essays and doing well there and some travel awards as well so that wraps up this episode make sure you hit subscribe or favorite this podcast depending on what you're listening to us on to be notified when our next episode is released as always, follow Medic Mentor on Twitter at MedicMentor1 and don't forget to keep an eye on the blog on the Medic Mentor website. Please do comment under the blog post for each episode, your thoughts, questions, things you like, things we could do differently and what you'd like us to talk about next. We do check it regularly and respond. We are also planning to interview medical students from different universities on the podcast. We need you to comment on this blog post and let us know which universities you would like us to cover and any questions you'd like us to ask them. Take care, guys.